come up here and help me for a second? I caught him off guard. <laughs> He's like, what am I about to do, mother? <laughs> I just want you to pray with me before we get started, okay? I don't want to. <laughs> you don't have to pray. I just want you to hold my hand, okay? Will you please bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this church, family, and all the people here, God, who keep this church going and all the people that just love you and lift you up every day. God, I just pray that we would hear your voice in this message and that this room would be filled with the Holy Spirit and that you would just speak to us, God. We love you so much and we pray this in your holy name. Amen. Yeah, I threw him off guard. <laughs> but that's what today's message is about. Today's message is about hearing the call and hearing Jesus' voice. And um, are we going to go when we do hear Jesus' voice? But before we dive into, the, dive into the message, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to our church, from the ministry to the music to the preparations, and the servitude and following God. There are so many moving parts in a church with so many gifted people who are using their talents to glorify God. We have an amazing church family with people who love and care about this community, and thank you for all that you do. Our youth kids always come together and do an amazing job on youth Sundays. In and outside of the church, they always do amazing things. The Bible says in Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Remember, God can and will work through those who love Him. And remember that everything you do matters. Whether others see it or not, God does. All right, so before we dive into the scripture, I want to tell a little story. This week, the boys were sick, and so I stayed home a couple of days with them to just be with them, and it was nice because just getting to play with them more than usual because we're usually busy with work and everything else, and then the week, it just goes on, and so getting to spend complete full days with them was really nice, and getting down on their level and how they play and um, just how their minds work. And God always speaks to me through my kids. And so I wanted to share a little story about yesterday. So I was preparing for the message, and I see Luke's little head pop up over here on the side of the bed, and he's got a walkie-talkie. <laughs> and he's like, Mom, can you talk to me? And I said, yeah. I said, okay. I need you to go on a mission. I need you to go find Optimus Prime. And he's like, okay, Mom. And then I look over at James, and I said, okay, James, I need you to go with your brother, and I need you to go and protect him. And he said, okay, Mom. And so they go, but they go in separate directions. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're both going two different directions. And I'm like, James, what are you doing? I said, you have to go and protect your brother. And he's like, oh, okay, Mom, yeah, you're right, I forgot. And then I thought in that moment, how many times has God clearly spoken to us and we go the other direction? How many times um, have we, maybe we, we heard God, but we didn't like the answer. Maybe we had our minds made up already of how the plan should be. And so we completely disregard what God says and we go and do what we want to do. And so God keeps giving me this message to go back. Go back to my first instructions, Tara. So, um, before we dive into the main scripture, I want you to think about what the last thing God said to you was. What's the last thing God asked you to personally do, and did you follow through with it? John chapter 10, verses 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus does speak to us. He does speak to us. If we are his, if we love God, he does speak. But do we listen? All right, so the main scripture for today is going to be um, Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13. And this is talking about the road to Emmaus. Let me get the Bible open. Okay, so let's start in verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to the village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So let's stop there for a second. I get to points in my life where I'm so focused on God, so in tune with God, and I feel extremely close to Him, and then boom, I find myself isolated. Like, okay, where am I? How did I get to this point? You know, I just felt close to God. I just felt His presence. And now I'm over here in the middle of nowhere. Um, so why do you think Jesus refers to us as his sheep? Because sheep are goofy sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes they just go with the flow. They don't always pay attention. Um, but over time, however, it's important that we grab a hold of the teaching and not allow ourselves to be tossed around by whomever and whatever wants to take our attention away from the cross. I was watching this video the other day, and it was about a mom, and she has this hot casserole dish, and she's about to hand it over with the pot holders to her child, and she's like, don't touch the bottom here. And so she hands it over, and they immediately stick their hand under the casserole dish, and she's like, no, no, don't touch the bottom. And she keeps handing it back over in a gentle voice saying, here you go, hold it right here. And they keep grabbing the bottom. Well, then finally she just loses her cool and she's like, I said don't touch the bottom of the casserole dish. <laughs> and so that just leads me on into this next point in God gives us a message. He speaks very clearly to us when he speaks. And sometimes we have to go back and remember what God said initially. So, um, let's move on to verse 14, verses 14 through 16. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near 
and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing them, him. So why do you think it is that Jesus hid himself from those two men? Why do you think that he didn't just say, hey, it's me, you know, I'm here, you can quit panicking and worrying, it's me. You know, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. But then you think about, as a parent, how sometimes we don't always tell our children everything right at that moment. Sometimes things are better left if we wait and we make them have patience and um, just don't give them everything up front. So hopelessness is kind of sinking in to these, the two men's faces and their hearts because they're doubting a little bit. Um, Basically, let me get to my original notes. When we start drifting away from God's original instructions and allow our minds to fill in some empty blanks to try to make sense of everything that's going on around us, that hurts our relationship with God when we try to make sense of things, when we try to figure it out instead of going back. Okay, what did Jesus say initially? What was going to happen? Sometimes our emotions take over and we forget. Sometimes... We allow all these other thoughts to intrude. And it forces unrealistic ideas to cloud our judgment and make us easily susceptible to doubting God. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23, it says, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And I want to go back also to um, John chapter 20, verses 14 through 15, to read really quick. It's about um, Mary Magdalene. When she first sees Jesus, she thinks he's a gardener. And she says, Sir, do you know where they've taken my Lord? And in that moment, I just think about how she seems, how she feels, what she's looking like. And she's truly seeking for God. She's wanting answers. And so Jesus immediately says, Mary. And she recognizes him. He says her name, and she recognizes him. And so when we truly seek God with all of our heart, he's going to come out and he's going to reveal himself to us. Let's skip on down to verse 17 now. It says, And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with others as you walk, with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped... Let's stop right there for a second. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. So these two men have been walking with Jesus. They have seen him perform these miraculous things. They've been with him. They've seen him. And at this moment, they're doubting that everything, you know, is just something that they thought was going to happen. They say, we hoped that he was the one to redeem 
Israel. So when we can't make sense of something on our own, we have a tendency to let the doubt and the hopelessness creep in, especially when we tirelessly sit and try to figure it out. As in the previous scripture, only God knows, and some, th- some things we will never know. That's why... Um, did I skip a scripture? Let me get back over here. I thought I had another scripture. Um, God knows, and some things we will never know why they happen the way they happen, but God is all-knowing and all-powerful. He knows what is best, and even if we don't want to, sometimes we just need to trust that. Let's skip on to 25 and 26. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let's read from 21. But, but we had hoped that we were the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb earlier this morning, and then when they did not find the body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. So let's go on to 25. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So at this point, he says, why are you doubting after everything that you've seen? And so he starts to go back in the scriptures and talk to him about all the prophecies, all the scriptures, all the things that Jesus was teaching them along the way. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he entered to them in all the scriptures and things concerning him. So this is like, so on Monday we talked about Eutychus in CWF falling out of a window. And how, how many of you have heard of the story of Eutychus and Acts? <laughs> it's, I hadn't heard of it either, and I listened to a sermon over it. But we just need to hear, wake up. Basically, Eutychus, everybody goes up to this building to hear Paul preach. And all these men come, and they have lamps lit, because they're expecting for Paul to preach for long hours. And so they have all these lamps lit, They get there, they've probably all been at work all day, and so they're tired. And Eutychus decides to sit in an open window seat. And um, so as Paul's preaching, it says he preaches on into midnight, and Eutychus grows tired and sinks into a deep sleep, and then he falls out the window and dies. And so... Why do you think that they put that in the Bible? And so after listening to that pastor speak about it and digging into it, basically it's talking about sin and why do we sit so closely to sin? Because at some point in time, all of us are going to grow weak and weary. All of us are going to get tired. And so if we sit close to the edge of sin, we're more susceptible into falling into it and then it becoming a habit, and then it putting us to sleep so that we can't hear God's voice anymore. 
which leads us to death. So why didn't anyone go over there and wake Eutychus up and say, Eutychus, you know, you're dozing off, but nobody, you know, was paying attention. And so thinking about that at church, you know, when we see some things going on with other people in our church, why don't we walk up to them and say, hey, you know, come sit by me. We see that you're going through this. What can we do to help you? How, how can we be there for you? And so in this moment, like this passage, sometimes we just need to hear, wake up. And that's what Jesus is saying to these two followers. He's saying, wake up. Think about all the things that we've talked about while I was on earth, even though they still don't know it's Jesus. He's saying, think about those things. They're walking. And you're getting into dangerous territory. You're leaving Jerusalem. Why are you leaving Jerusalem? Sometimes we need a refresher. Sometimes we just need to take a walk with Jesus, even when our mind is crowded and far away from the truth. We need to go back to the beginning and remember what he has done for us and that he always follows through with what he will do, what he says he will do. When God makes a promise, it will come to pass. Maybe not in our time frame, but he alone knows what is best. So let's keep reading uh, verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. So this is the cool part too. So after Jesus says all these things, he's going to walk away. He's, he's going to continue on, but they say... But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with him, he took the bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. At the table, a familiar place, when they go back, they recognize Jesus who has been there the entire time with them. When you feel like Jesus isn't close, I guarantee you he is. He's just waiting for you to go back and sit down. Quit letting your emotions and your need to control and know everything down to the last detail keep, you, keep from getting in the way of hearing God's words to you. Sit down and pray. Sit down and read. Sit down and fill your mind with truth. Quit filling it with junk of what other people have to say. Quit filling it with what's going on in the news. Uh, quit filling it with ungodly music or ungodly TV shows. Anything that's separating you for, from God, quit filling your mind with it. Teach your mind to ask who's at the door before you just allow whoever to come in. If you're thinking about your house and teaching your children, do you just say, hey, just let whoever come on in, you know? No, you say, make sure, it's, make sure it's not a stranger. Make sure you know who it is before you let somebody come into the house. And you need to be the same way with your mind. Don't just leave it open and let whoever, whatever, come into your mind. You have to protect your mind and protect who comes into it. So go back to the beginning. Sit down with God and work on your relationship with Him. Treat Him as a priority in your life, because He is. Nothing else in the world is more important than your relationship with Jesus. Absolutely nothing. In um, a book that I've been reading, Circle Maker, one of, the, um, one of the little segments in it says, when we find ourselves in situations that are beyond our control or beyond our comprehension, we pray. 
and you think about your personal life right now, when you don't understand something, when you feel like everything's out of control, what is the first thing that you do? Do you pray? Do you search scripture? What do you do? You try to figure it out on your own. We aren't entitled to anything. God doesn't owe us anything, but he loves us and he wants us to be a part of what he's doing, to learn, to be disciplined. Teach your children to be disciplined and don't give them absolutely everything they ask for, for that's a disservice to them. God doesn't give us everything that we ask for. Sometimes we have to wait for it. Sometimes he says no, and that hurts. Sometimes he says yes. But we need to be disciplined and we need to be obedient to God because he knows what the future holds. And who better than to place your future in someone who knows the future? Let them be teachable. And that comes with watching you be teachable. Your children watch everything that you do. And they need to see you being teachable. They need to see you getting on your hands and knees and praying and reading your Bible. Let them be teachable. That comes from watching us. We don't have all the answers as parents. So when we get out of line, sometimes we need to tell our kids sorry. Sorry that I blew up and yelled at you because they need to know that when they make mistakes, they need to admit to them as well. Admit when you're wrong, be teachable, and listen to God's voice. He knows best. To love God is to know God and to obey God. Obedience to God is showing God. It's an outward expression of showing God that we do love him and that we do trust him. So I'm going to close with one more scripture, and that is from Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't ever grow tired in doing what is good. Let God give you the energy that you need with the Holy Spirit, because we are going to be tired. But in those moments where we are tired, it's about what decision we make from that point forward. It's about how we go about everything, because everybody's watching. Your children are watching. Other people are watching. And they're looking for the excuse of you to not be like a Christian. And so just as they were watching Jesus, they were waiting for his every move to fall. And so if we are Christ-like, if we kept in, keep in step with the Spirit, and when we do become tired, we search our hearts and we pray and we seek God first because he is almighty and all-powerful. He will give us what we need to surpass anything. <laughs>